Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We all go through through certain things, right? We all go through... We all go through testings, we go through trials, we go through seasons of hardship. That's something that we all go through, right? There's no, there's no escaping that. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today because uh, it's an important topic that we, every single one of us goes through. You know, we don't, there's, there's specific topics that not everybody deals with, but this is something that if you are a human and you're alive today, you will go through trials, you will go through testings. And uh Brooke and I and my wife, you know, my wife and I, we've definitely gone through our fair share of trials, and so, as I'm sure you guys have too. We're going to start off today in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to that. If you have iPads, iPhones, go ahead and turn on your Bible, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You guys will probably hear me say that a lot, and the staff knows that I say that a lot. You know what I mean? So yeah, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, NKJV says, In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The NLT says it this way, and I I really like the way that it says it here. It says, so truly be glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. I love that it says that. I love it. The main point there, guys, is the fact that we go through trials. We're going to go through trials. Peter's telling us, you're going to go through trials. But it's what he talks about afterwards, and that's, that's what we're going to you know, touch on there. So there are testings and there are sufferings. But one thing that we want to be really careful of doing is sweeping trials and testings in, in, into a category that they're not really meant to be in, okay? I know, that, I know a lot of people, uh, or a lot of situations, let me just say, where someone will get sick. They'll get you know, overcome with cancer. They'll get overcome with a, some kind of sickness or a disease. Or they're going through you know, financial troubles. They're going through you know, marital troubles. Whatever the issue may be, a lot of times we, we tend to just kind of group it all together. And we say, oh, well, you know, uh, this is from God. God's trying to test me right now. Or, you know... Something like that, right? We all, a lot of times we don't really understand the trial. That's kind of why I'm talking about this, because a lot of times we don't understand why we're going through specific things. I'm going through financial issues right now. What the heck is going on? You know, um, you know I don't know. Um, my car is breaking down, and it's been broken down for, you know, four times this month. You know, what's, what's God doing? Lord, what are you doing? I've been there, man. We've all been there where we're just like, God, what the heck is going on? We've got to be careful not to sweep those things into a category they're not really meant to be in, you know? For instance, you've got to look at the characteristics of the trial. You've got to look at the characteristics of what's going on and pair it up to the character of God. If you get, if you, if you get overcome, you know, God forbid, but if you get overcome with, say, cancer, that's not the fingerprint of the Lord. 
you got to know what Scripture says about God to know what is His doing and what's not His doing. If you don't know what Scripture says about Him, then you're going to put blame on Him for something that He has nothing to do with. you got to know it. you got to know Scripture. you got to know what the Bible says about God, and you got to know what the Bible says about the enemy. If you don't, you're going to, you're going to put the blame on the wrong guy, you know, and, you, and we don't want to do that. Um, it not only makes the Lord look bad, but it also makes your heart jaded towards God if, if you're going through certain things. And you got to be careful with that. you got to be careful with that. Is he like that biblically? It takes knowing the scripture says about him. We're going to talk about the fingerprints of God, and we're going to talk about the fingerprints of the enemy. Some, there's, a couple little, there's a couple key verses, key, key things in Scripture that I see that really help me go through my trials and my tribulations, and I get to kind of see, like, okay, what's going on right now? Lord, are you trying to, are you trying to do something in my life? Are you, are you refining my character? Like Peter says, are you trying to prove the genuineness of my faith right now? Or is this the enemy? You know, or, or maybe it's just... I forgot to do an oil change for, you know, nine months. Maybe my car is just freaking out because it was my fault. That's not the enemy, you know. That's, you got you to gotta know, you know, you got you to gotta know those things. A lot of times, like, your car breaking down four times a month is probably not the enemy. Let's see, you just check it out, you know. See what's going on. Have you done your, you know, fair share? I've had people be like, my phone is possessed. It keeps breaking or something, you know. Well, I cracked my screen because I work at Apple, right? So I get cracked screens and iPads all the time. People come in and they're upset, uh, rightfully so. But, like, for instance, my iPad right now is cracked. But, anyways, I've just I've seen people bring you know kind of ridiculous things like that and and, and be like, you know, all oh, the enemy's attacking me. Well, is he attacking me or did you just drop your phone? You know, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, but I'll tell you what is from the enemy is discouragement. Yes. If you're a lot of times, you know, there's certain situations that we go through that's not the enemy. He's not attacking you. God's not testing you. You know what I mean? We're just, it's just something that, something that, that it's life. Sometimes it's, life happens. But what is the enemy is discouragement, uh, depression, uh, hopelessness. That is the enemy. And we've got to fight those things. Let's talk about some fingerprints of God. Or, or no, let's go fingerprints of the enemy. Here we go. The first one. John 10.10 10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you're being attacked, if, you, if your family members are, are, you know, dying, if you have sickness in your family, if you have these, these really crazy spiritual attacks, demonic attacks, that's the enemy. The work of the enemy, he's here to, come, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the job title of the enemy. That is the job title of the enemy. If you're going through specific things and that it matches that title there, it might be the enemy. You know, you can't characterize that to the Lord. Like I said, God does not bring sickness to you. Why would he do that? It says that by his stripes we've been healed. Jesus died for the sickness. Jesus died for your healing. Why would he give you something that he already paid for? It doesn't make any sense for him to do that, right? The, Lord, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Another one is 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have to know what his, what his mission is, especially against the bride of Christ, especially against the body of Christ. He really has nothing. He doesn't really mess with people that don't really love the Lord because they're not really a threat. You know what I mean? Like, we're not really, if I'm not serving the Lord, he's got me where he wants me. Why is he going to bring that upon me? You're the bride of Christ. You're the body of Christ. You're going to get attacked. You're going to get attacked. 
Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the Lord. It says that he's here to give life and life abundantly. That's Jesus. That's, my, that's the Jesus I see in scriptures. He's here to bring life and life abundantly. He, he's always willing to heal. Always willing to heal. A lot of times we're like, I mean, I've never been, you know, I've never come down with a crazy disease, but I've had a cousin. One of my, and I love her to death. Her name's Sarah. She, she had cancer when she was 17, 18. And, you know, it would have been, I'm sure that she had times where she's just like, Lord, what, what are you doing? Why? What's going on? Why did I, why do I have this? Right. And when you, and she's a, she was a woman of faith. She is a woman of faith. She, she got through it, which is awesome. But, um, you know, I'm sure that during those times she was just like, Lord, are you even willing to heal me? Like what's going on? Why am I praying? Why am I believing? I'm, I'm actively believing for my healing that I know you paid for, but it's not coming. What's going on? And I'm sure the question of whether Jesus is willing to heal or not, maybe crossed her mind. But I know that I see in Scripture that he's, he's always willing to heal. Not only did he pay for the healing already, he's willing to heal. There's, there's a verse in Scripture, John 21, uh, 25. Oh, no, no, no. It's Luke 5, 12. It says, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face, on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What, what awesome faith is that? He's like, Lord, if you're willing... You can make me clean. He knew it. He knew it, and that's awesome, and that's the kind of faith we need to portray whenever we're in those situations, right? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean, because we know that he's got the power to do it. We all know that he's got the power to do it, but there's sometimes we just don't see it happening. We're just like, Lord, I know that if you're willing, you'll do it. Let me tell you, he's willing. He is so willing. He says, then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed immediately the leprosy left him sometimes you know we can say like well that was then and that was for that guy for me that might not be the case i don't think god's willing to for me jesus might have been willing for that one guy but for me it's just not happening i'm not seeing it i don't i don't think he's willing he's the same yesterday today and forever he was willing to do it then he's willing to do it now don't mischaracterize the character of jesus he's he's the same yesterday today and forever that's the character of the Lord. He's here to bring life and life abundant. He's always willing. He's always willing. We're going to go on to the next part of the verses. We can read it again. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. For a little while. That's another thing that we got to kind of look at, is that Peter's talking about us going through these trials and testings, but he's telling us, hey, it's just for a little while. It's just a little while. Sometimes, I mean, like when we look at the when we look at the Egyptians when they were leaving Egypt. I'm not sorry, not the Egyptians, the Israelites, and they were leaving Israel, going to Canaan. The tri- the trip from Israel to Canaan. I'm sorry, from Egypt to Canaan should have been 11 days. It should have been an 11 day trip. That's what it would have taken them to get from point A to point B. It took them 40 years. No, no, no. 40 years. Doing 40 years. That's crazy. They were stranded in the desert for 40 years. Why? Because they were complaining. They were they they lost sight of the Lord. They lost sight. They were they were they were stuck in the trial. They were stuck in the tribulation. And they weren't rejoicing the way Peter was telling them to. You know. It's for a little while, guys. It's meant trials and testings are meant to be for a little while. 
if we're if you're going through a season, know that you know, I don't know what's going on. I might I'm this may not be a trial, this may not be a testing from the Lord, but it's only for a little while. It's only for a little while. And we have to be able to see keep our eyes on the Lord and just be like, Lord, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm looking at the characteristics. I'm really not even sure if, you know, if it's the enemy. I'm not really even sure if it's you, but I'm going to, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. You know, there's, there's, there's even, you know, another thing, like for a little while it's, you know, some people go like, well, you know, I deserve this hard time. This is what I get. I, there's, there's Christians that, that I know of that Pastor Josh knows of. There's people in our past. I, I grew up in the church. And so I saw this people, the most, like, angry, grumpy kind of Christians were the ones that were always like, well, you know, if you're not, if you're not, you know, having a hard time following the Lord, you're not really a Christian. If you're, you know, everything's going smoothly, your finances are good, your marriage is good, you're happy, you know, you're not really, because you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, they're, they're, they're considering their walk with God, their walk with Jesus, one long while. That's, it's not one long while, guys. Your walk with the Lord, come on, it's not a long while. It's not supposed to be a tribulation to walk, to follow Jesus. Oh, like, oh, oh you know, like, I want to follow you, Lord. But, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not supposed to be this long while. Your walk with the Lord is, is life, you know? It's, come on, guys, your, your trials and your tribulations are supposed to be a little while. I don't know anybody today that, you know, a tribulation that they were going through seven years ago is just still walking through it. It ended at some point. My, my trials, my little, you know, troubles and situations, they ended. They were for a specific season, a specific time. They, they came and they went. And it was a hard time, and I learned spe- specific things during those times, but they're done. They're done, you know. That's just, that, that's not even like a biblical truth. That's just, that's just life, you know. You're going to hit hard times, but you're also going to hit really good times, you know. So we all go through trials. We, we, we go through those things, and uh, it's something that we all face. It's, we all face difficult seasons. What's the definition of a trial? The definition of a trial is the act of trying, testing, or putting to the price. Uh, testing or proving. Trial. Tentative or experimental action in order to ascertain results. I got that off uh, Merriam-Webster, but, um, you know. But it's cool. I like that it said that. Tentative or experimental action in order to ascertain results. Trials are trying to prove or reveal something in you. What that scripture is talking about is, hey, you're going to go through some things. Hey, but it's only going to be a little while. And check this out. This trial that you're going through, this testing you're going through, is trying to prove the genuineness of your faith as if gold through fire. You got to, whenever gold, whenever gold isn't pretty automatically, like it's, it's kind of rough looking and they got to take it to the fire in order for it to, to be purified and cleansed. That's, that's your faith. You're the Lord, I don't know that it's always the Lord trying to prove it. I don't know that it's always the enemy trying to prove it, but trials are meant to prove the genuineness of your faith. This thing that I'm walking through right now, do I really believe that God is good enough to get me through this? Do I really believe do I have the faith enough to keep my eyes set on the Lord despite this hard time? You know, let's talk about some, some, some types of trials, court trials. There's a truth in question or a truth being challenged. What is true? You go to court to find out. You go to court to figure out what is true about the situation. You got clinical trials. 
medicines go through trial to figure out if it works. We like those. We, you know, we don't, we don't want to take bad medicine. I got, you know, a, a upset stomach and, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? We want to make sure that we have, we like cl- clinical trials. We like that they go through those things, right? We don't want to take a bad pill, a bad, you know, little swig of medicine. You know what I mean? There it was, you know what I mean? We have car crash tests. This is really cool. Car crash tests to find out if the integrity or the structure of the vehicle stands up under pressure. Huh? If not, they don't get released. Listen to that. Car, cra- car crash tests. Car crash tests are there to find out if the integrity and the structure of the vehicle can stand up to pressure. That's awesome. I don't want to drive a car that I'm going to get killed in. You know, it's just a death machine if I end up crashing into, you know, whoever, right? Or not whoever, whatever. You know, there's certain standards that are expected. They're trying to prove, reveal, or ascertain results. Not all tests are bad. Not all tests are bad. That's just to show you guys, like, a lot of times we, we think that maybe, you know, I'm going through a test. This is bad. I've done something wrong. You've no, that might not be the case. You might have not done anything wrong. It's just life. Yeah. It's life. You might, the Lord might be sharpening you. The enemy might be attacking you. Or life just might be happening. You know, but they're not bad. They're there for a specific reason. The Lord says that he'll use everything for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. I believe every single one of you in here, you've placed your faith in the Lord. You are called according to his purposes. If you've placed your faith in the Lord and you've said, Lord, whatever it is that you have for my life, I want to follow that. I want to do that. You love the Lord and you're called according to his purposes. Everything will work out for good to those who love the Lord. Whether or not it's from him, whether, it's not, whether or not it's from the enemy, or just life in general. That's the character of the Lord. He's going to use it for good. That doesn't matter who's attacking you or, who, or who's testing you. Place your faith in the Lord and know that he's going to make it work out for good. You love him. You're called according to his purpose. That's who you are. That's a promise to you. That's a promise to you guys. Hold on to that. Run with it. If you hit hard times, if you hit certain seasons where it's just like, I don't know what's going on. But I do know one thing, Lord, you're going to work it out for good. Somehow or another, it's going to be all right. My wife and I have gone through, in just one year of marriage, we've gone through, like, pretty crazy financial things. We've stocked up our savings, and then, boom, you know, car repair, $6,000 car repair, you know, several hundred dollar car repair. And, you know, so it's like, fills up, and then, boom, deplete. Fills up, boom, deplete. This car breaks down. All right, here, let's get another. I had to buy my wife a, a car, you know, like, what, three months ago? Because her, something, wrong, something was wrong with her engine, a 2012 engine like there was nothing was supposed to be wrong with that with that car something happened and in my car I was troubles I've trust me we've been through that we've been in those scenarios and I know that like my wife and I have walked through seasons Brooke is kind of the type of girl that she's just like you know if something if she doesn't get if she doesn't see what's coming up next she she's kind of she's very timid she's like oh my god you know what's going what's happening she gets a little stressed out pretty easily right but I, it's awesome. I love her. It doesn't matter. That's why she's got me because I don't get stressed out too easily. It's not a brag about who I am. It's the fact that when I am going, my personality type is one to, because I've seen the Lord. Not that she hasn't seen the Lord, but I have seen the Lord do some crazy awesome things in my finances, in my life. And I know that that's his character. 
I'll call, tell you one crazy story. There was, I was going back to CFNI, Christ for the Nations Institute. It's a Bible college in, in Dallas. And uh, I was going, I, I took a year off. And on my way back, I was moving into uh, like these apartments that CFNI has. You know, you have dorms, the standard dorms, and you have these apartments. And I remember being like, well, if I'm going to move into an apartment, I'm going to need couches. And I barely had enough money to pay the tuition for the semester. So I was like, Lord, I don't have the money right now to buy couches. Even if I go to, like, Goodwill and buy these rinky-dink couches, you know. I didn't have the money at the time. And that day, I, was, I remember like, I, was in, I was in the shower, and I was just praying. And I was like, Lord, I leaned my head up, the, up against the wall. I remember I was just letting the water hit me. And I was just like, Lord, like, I... I don't have the money for this. Like, it's awesome that I'm getting to go back to school, but, you know, what's going on? And I remember I got out of the shower, and I looked at my phone, and there was a text from Pastor Leslie, and she showed it was a picture of these two, two, these two couches that were outside of their house. Their neighbors were getting rid of two couches. And she was like, hey, the neighbors are getting rid of these two couches. You want them? It was right after I prayed in the shower, and I was, in that moment I was just like, Oh, God, you're so cool. Like, what the heck? That's awesome. Because I was literally just praying to him about it. I was like, Lord, I don't have the money for couches. Oh, hey, you want some couches? You know, that's awesome. And in that moment, I was just like, Lord, why, why do I ever even doubt you? Why do I doubt you? Why, why do I worry? You know, we, on our mirror right now, we have this, this verse, and it says, look at, the, look at the lilies, look at the birds. It's, uh, it's talking about how, like, God, yeah, God provides for the birds. He provides for the, for the lilies of the, of, the, of the field. How much more so is he going to provide for you? And uh, we got that written on our mirror in our bathroom just to kind of remind us because I know that we, it's, we all hit trials, man, especially this past year. It was just really crazy, which is why I get to kind of talk about this because it's, it's fresh. It's not just something that I'm like, oh, this is a good topic to cover. I walk through this stuff. We walk through this stuff. And I feel like we've... We've gotten through it, and we've kept our faith on the Lord, and it's been awesome. We have, I mean, it's just been a really good past couple of months just kind of walking out of that season. It was just for a little while. It was just for a little while, and we, we, we made it, you know. And I love, I love that about the Lord. But not all tests are bad. Not all tests are bad. We can't, we can't just say, like, oh, I'm going through something, and that's, uh, it's horrible. I'm sorry, Lord. What am I? What are you putting me through? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. I don't know what I did, but I'm sorry. Not all tests are bad, guys. Tests prove something. They reveal something to you. If you want to prove that you know something that was given to you, you get tested. School tests. That's the main thing, right? They, like that's the main. Uh, my my uh, my my uh, my in-laws are teachers. They know they know exactly what I'm talking about. If the kids. If they want to show that they actually know what was given to them, they're going to be tested. You're going to be tested, guys. The tests prove whether or not you know it or you don't. It proves how effective you were at learning something. It proves how effective you, uh, the teacher was at teaching you something. But obviously, God is the ultimate teacher. He's not going to fail at teaching you. So how effective were you at learning, what you, you know, learning biblical truths, learning whatever it is that you're going through, right? Tests promote you. Tests promote you. If you're in school and you're in the third grade, if you want to go to the fourth grade, you got to get tested. you got to prove that you know the stuff. Uh, when, I was, uh, was on, when I was in kindergarten, my mom was my kindergarten teacher, so she taught me everything I needed to know. And when I got to kinder, the first day of school, they were, she was like, hey, he knows pretty much everything that he's going to learn in kinder. So they tested me so that I can just go straight into first grade. I did. And that was 
you know, so I didn't go through kindergarten. I was a year behind everybody in school, and uh, that brought its own trials. But, uh, but my mom put me through that so that, you know, they, they first wanted to see, does he, does he know basic first grade stuff? Does he know this stuff? And they had to test me for it, and I did. So tests bring promotion. Tests bring promotion. A lot of times I've seen, it because, of, because I went to Bible school, there's, there's just so, many, there's so much like spiritual stuff happening. And uh, I know that like sometimes before someone was about to go through something crazy awesome, some kind of crazy awesome promotion, they had some bad trial. They had a bad season. Something right before the promotion were to happen, something comes and it hits. And I believe in those times, you know, depending on the scenario, I think that's the Lord sometimes. He's just trying to test you. Hey, before I bring you into this next season, before we bring you to this next part, let's see what you, like, let's test the genuineness of your faith. Do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really believe it? And, but Pastor Josh and Leslie, when they came to, Dal- to, to Dallas to plant the church in Grand Prairie, they walked through a pretty crazy financial time. I'm not going to say that the Lord put that on them, but I am going to say that the Lord used that for good, and it was testing the genuineness of their faith. Lord, did you really tell us to come out here? Because I don't know right now. I don't really know if you really did. You know, there's, we all hit those times, guys, where we're, just, we're, we're really not sure what's going on, but we know that it is proving the genuineness of my faith. I can stand on what I know of the Lord, and I'm going to run with that. I'm going to run with that. There's a pastor, there's a, Pastor Josh's pa- uh, pastor, his name is Pastor Adam, he's the pastor at Church, uh, Church on the Hill. When I was at CFNI, he was the director of the school, and I remember he gave us an illustration of an axe. You know, we use axes for, you know, for, to, ch- to chop down trees, to cut up wood, to do, you know, whatever, right? Whatever you do with an axe. And he was talking to us about that, about how if we are being used by the Lord, you can picture yourself as an axe. And, you know, he, and you're, you're just being used, and, and, and everything's good. You're, you're, you're reading the Word. You're following the Lord. You're devoting your time to Him. You're, you're, you've been changed. You've been transformed in your heart, and He's using you. And you, it's, been, it's a good season. You're going through it. What happens with a normal axe? When you, when you start using it a lot, you've got to sharpen it. Yeah. it. You get used for what you're meant for, right. but you've got to get sharpened after it. Yes. I'm sure if you were an axe, you would hate the sharpening process. It's like, ah, he's grinding it out. And you're just like, ah, this sucks. This hurts. But you've got to be sharpened if you want to be used again. You're getting used. You've got to get sharpened. Another thing, another reason why an axe needs to be sharpened is because it's been not being used. It's been in storage for years. That's not going to be able to cut anything. It's not going to be able to be effective at its job. A lot of times when we've devoted our life to the Lord and it's fresh and it's you know, it's like I've, I've recently devoted my life to the Lord, and I'm, I'm really just trying to set my gaze upon him and keep my, my, my focus on him. You start going through a lot of trials, and it's like, God, I thought this was going to be good. I thought following you was the answer. I thought, you know, what's going on? I'm, I'm hitting all these trials. What are you, what's going on, Lord? I thought you were supposed to make things better, but you're hitting all these trials. Look, the Lord, you, you, you were away for a while, and he's, and he's so happy that you're here now, but he's got to sharpen you in order for him to use you. He's got he, he to be sharpened. Sharpening, the sharpening process is a part of the Christian life. It's a part of the Christian life. You can't, I know it's, I know it's, it's bad. I know that it doesn't feel good when we're going through sharpening, when we're going through testing, when we're going through these bad seasons or hard seasons, 
but take those times and be like, Lord, I, I, don't, yeah, I know you're sharpening me. I know that you're trying to prove the genuineness of my faith. And I want to be pro- proved. I want to be, be like the gold that goes through the fire. I want to get molded by you. I want to be the clay in your hands, Lord. A lot of times, you know, like when I don't, I don't do clay work, but I've seen videos of it. I've heard, you know, people talk about it. And clay isn't clean. When, he, when you got the clay on the, on the potter's wheel, he's got to take, take the pieces out, you know, the, the, the bad pieces. And he's just, his hand's all over you. And he's just molding you and folding, you know, just shaping you into who you need to be. You know what I mean? But taking those things, you know, going through the cleaning process is not always good. It doesn't feel good. You know, but it's always for the bettering of you. Like, like I said, he, he uses everything for good to those who love him. They're called according to his purpose. I think another thing that, like, that we go through when it comes down to trials is, you know, I was telling you, like, it, it's for a little while. But I think sometimes we, sometimes the trial lasts a lot longer because we forget the rejoice part. We forget the rejoice part. They take longer than they should because we forget the rejoice part. He, he tells, he's telling us. He, he's got, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Like, when I read that, I'm like, really, Peter? Like, you want me to rejoice in this time? You want me to take this bad season where I can't even get to work because my car is breaking down? And you want me to rejoice? Really? Like, what are you thinking? Like, who is this guy? Like, why is he, why is he saying that? Like, who is, you know? <laughs> but he's telling us, in this you greatly rejoice. Truly, be glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for the little while. He's like, hey, you're going to go through this, but hey, whatever. You know, rejoice, 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 then rejoice, then rejoice again, rejoice. He's telling you, like he's got the audacity to say that, and it's as you're just like, what? All right, there's got to be something there. Like, with, same thing with, with the Israelites. They took 40 years to, to go through an 11-day trip. They forgot the rejoice part. There's not very many times in Scripture where we see that they were rejoicing. In fact, we see that they were complaining a lot. They were complaining in the trial, and it took them from an 11-day trip to 40 years stranded. I don't want to be stuck in a trial for 40 years. I'll tell you what, that's not for me. So, guys, we we, we got to remember that rejoice part. If you don't, it's like... You're going to walk through these trials, and it's going to be miserable for you, even more miserable than it already is, than the trial is naturally going to be. You're going to be miserable. You're not going to root yourself in your faith in the Lord, and the enemy is going to come in and bring discouragement. He's going to come in and bring lies that make that jade your opinion about the Lord, that make you make the Lord look bad. I've heard people say, well, God gave me this cancer. I, you know, I, I, I guess I deserved it. You know, God put this on me. And the only time that I ever see in Scripture that, that sickness was given on, on a man was, it was, was with Job, and God didn't do it. The enemy brought that upon him. Look at that. The, scripture, the, the, Job, the story of Job. People say God gave Job sickness. What about that? No, the enemy came and brought sickness upon Job. And the Lord wanted to prove the genuineness of Job's faith to the enemy. He wanted to prove the genuineness of the faith. The Lord will allow everything to work out for good to those who love him. That is a key verse for, in how I walk through these things. It's a key verse to how my, my wife and I walk through these things. Is Lord, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if this is from you. I don't know if it's from the enemy. It looks like it's from the enemy. Because of that, 
I'm not going to partner with that in discouragement and complaining and whining. And I'm going to, to partner with you, Lord, and I'm going to, and I'm going to say, I'm going to speak these truths over my life that you're going to make everything work out for good to those who love you. And I love you, Lord. My wife and I love you. We're called according to your purpose. I'm not trying to follow my own purpose. I'm called according to your purpose, Lord. So you got this. And I put my faith in you. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get through this, but I know that at the end, we're going to, it's, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. There was a, like for me with, uh, when I was a kid, I, uh, just like kind of like a little illustration of rejoicing um, in something bad. When I was a kid, I would sneak into my mom's medicine cabinet, and she had like, you know, kid medicines that taste great. And so I'd go up to the medicine cabinet, and I'd look around, and I'd drink the medicine. And my mom had to like, she would go find me or whatever, and she'd, cause I don't know, man, I loved the taste of medicine, great medicine, orange medicine. Some people hate medicine. My wife hates taking pills. She's the biggest baby when she's pop, when she has to put a pill in. She, oh, she's the biggest baby. My brother, my sisters, they, my, my siblings in general, anytime they have to take medicine, they would like the biggest debacle. They're like, you know, like they're, oh, I can't, I can't. You know, and the, the pills all dissolved by the time that it's not, you got to do another one, you know, or they swallow it and then they vomit. And so it's like, well, you got to do it again. You know, it's like. Most people hate medicine, but I liked it growing up, man. I don't know. I when I, when I was growing up and I started having to take pills from for my sicknesses or whatever, I liked the challenge of swallowing the like the bigger the pill the greater. Like I'd put it in my in my in, you know in my mouth and I'd be like, all right, let's see if I can swallow it in one chug, you know, because you can feel it going down your throat. Right, the bigger it is. I liked the ch- I don't know, man. I just never found medicine to be a bad thing. Like I never found it to be a hassle. I just, I, I don't know, man. I liked it. And uh, I mean, every time I bring that up to my mom, like, she starts laughing, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why you were like that, but I did. I'm not a druggie. Like, I never dealt with drugs, by the way, guys. I swear. I swear. Even in high school, like, I didn't really mess with that very much, you know what I mean? Very much. But, uh, but yeah, then it's just kind of a, like a little illustration of what it's like. It's like most people do not like to have to go through that. Most people don't like medicine, right? They don't like to have to go through that. But walking through the trial, the, the thing that you don't like having to walk through with that, with that enjoyment. And it's like, how do I do that? How do I, even, how do I even start? You hang on to the things that the Lord, the characteristics of the Lord. You have to, first of all, know what those characteristics are. So get in the word. See what God is like. Like, there's, there's people that come out, they're, they're called Gnostics. People that be like, oh, God's like this, God's like that. But in Scripture, it says the exact opposite. How do we know what God is like? You've got to read the Word. He paints a picture of what He's like. You've got to get in the Word to know what He's like. And in those moments of, of you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to be like, Lord, I want to be happy right now. I want to be rejoicing in this season. How do I do it, Lord? You stand on the things that... that that he's like. You stand on those characteristics of what he's like and, and, and you hold on to them. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a verse that says, I remember the days of old. I meditate, on, I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you. That's Psalm 143. I love how it starts off. I remember the days of old. Think back on the times when God was good, when you saw God being good to you. And if you've never seen God be good to you, 
Start right now. Start your faith in him. Place your faith in him and see the next time you hit a trial, because I guarantee you it'll come, start. Start placing your trust in him. Start placing your faith in him. Speak those words over you. Lord, you're not giving me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I'm not going to be fearful of what's coming up. Lord, I know that you are, you make everything work out for good to those who love you. And they got, I love you. I remember when I was a kid, man, and I, like, my mom would teach me these things. She'd be like, hey, you know, speak the word over yourself, speak the word. I'd be like, I'm like, I love you, Lord. And I'd have to, I'd like, I'd doubt myself. Like, do I really love him? Like, it's like the enemy, he was like putting in my head, like, do you really love him? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love him. Yeah. You know, like, I'd have to convince myself. And, you know, yes, I'm a Christian. Like, I'm not going to hell. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven one day. You know, I'd have to convince myself of those things because the enemy would attack me like that. It's really weird. But, I learned from a kid, growing up as a kid, I have to speak these things over myself and remind myself, like, yes, I am a Christian. I am a believer in the Lord. I do love the Lord. And, I, and you know, I'm, I'm in the process of putting my desires aside, my personal will for my life aside. And I want to, Lord, whatever it is that you have for my life, I want to do that. You know, getting to that place where you, where you just lay everything down to the Lord. It's start. If you've never seen the Lord work in your life, start. Start there. Lay yourself down. The Lord's kind of off topic, a little rabbit show, but there was a man who came up to, the, to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. What do I have to do? And the Lord said, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Deny yourself. Follow me. That's whatever it is that you had planned for yourself, deny that. Follow me. Pick up your cross. And he didn't do it. The guy, just, he felt like he just, that was too much. That was too much of a call. He's like, if you want to be my, my disciple, these are the things you got to do. Deny yourself. Place your faith in him. And, man, it, it, I'll tell you what, dude, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. The best thing I've ever done. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in Dallas right now. I wouldn't be living for the Lord right now if I, I don't even. I've had friends that have died, man. I've had friends that have died young. Well, I'm sure we all have. Who knows if I would even be here right now? Like, I don't know. Life is, it's dust. Ecclesiastes, it talks about that. Life is, but a speck, it's just dust in the wind, man. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you. Do you really believe what you say you do about the Lord? There's a, I wrote something down, and it says, there's a connection you make with God where the revelation of what God is doing in you, in the trial, it produces joy. There's a connection you make with God while, while you're in the trial, you realize what God is doing, and you're just like, whoa, you're proving the genuineness of my faith. You know, I'm growing in you right now, Lord, and you're trying to promote me. You're trying to, you know, this this thing that I'm going through is promoting me to the next level, whatever that may be. And I and I and I and I realize that's what you're doing, and that's what produces joy is realizing God, you're doing something in me. You're 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 you're, you're sharpening me right now. You're not just letting me stay stuck in the in storage, and you're not and, and, and not using me. He's sharpening you. He's using you. Be rejoicing in that. Be joyful in that, that God is using you. He's sharpening you. As a Christian, if you're not being sharpened, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you're a Christian and you're not going through sharpening at all, something's wrong. 
you got to reevaluate where you're at because if you're being used, you're getting used, you're going to get sharpened. If the Lord has his hand on you and he's molding you, he's going to take the stuff out that doesn't need to be there. You know what I mean? Remember the things that God has shown you about himself and anchor yourself in those things. Remember the things that God has shown you about, about himself in the scripture, in the word, when you're in prayer. Remember those things that he's telling you. He's showing you about himself and anchor yourself in those things. We have an anchor, guys. We have an anchor and his name is Jesus. If you can, if you can go through the trial and you can anchor yourself in Jesus, I'll tell you what, man, when you're walking through those trials, it's really not going to be that bad. It's really not going to be that bad. I know that my wife really deals with stress whenever we're going through hard times. I'm sure like all, a lot of us do. And it's awesome that the Lord paired us up together because I just don't get that stressed out in, in hard times. I just kind of, I'm just like, uh, I don't know what's going on. I get just as confused, just as kind of dazed and really not understanding what's going on. But I know that the Lord is doing something. And it's awesome that the Lord paired us up together because she needed that. She needed someone who could, who could just be like, it's going to be all right, and wouldn't freak out with her, you know, to encourage her disarray, right? So remember, what the, remember the things that God has done in your life. Anchor yourselves in those things. And I promise, man, when you're walking through those hard times, it's going to be easy. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot better than if you didn't, you know. There's a truth there, guys, and Peter's talking to us about. Truly be glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead. What? There's a joy ahead. I don't have a car to get to work. I'm, I'm sick right now. You know, my mom is sick. There's a joy ahead. She might die. How is there a joy ahead? Truly be glad. There's a wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials show that your faith is genuine. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. There's an anchor that we have, guys, and it's called Jesus. He is your anchor in those times whenever you're, 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 you're going through certain things and you don't really understand why you're going through them, anchor yourself in Jesus. Get yourself in the Word. Understand what the Word says about Him and His character. Don't place things on Him that aren't Him. He's not giving you a sickness. He's not making your finances horrible. He's not... Those aren't... Those aren't his characteristics. The point of this whole thing is to see what, understand the character of the Lord. By doing that, we have, to, we have to get in the word. We have to understand what he's like. And in those times, anchor yourself in him. Anchor yourself in the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Uh, that's, that was a key verse that I grew up with. I grew up in Awanas and this kid's program where you like memorize scripture. That was one key scripture that we always memorized, that we always talked about. Like, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. It, it's easy to acknowledge the Lord when your path is good. It's easy to acknowledge him. It, it, it's easy to, to walk through life if you're not being sharpened. It's easy to just be the ax stuck in storage. There's nothing, not, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not, you know, I'm not being used. I'm not being sharpened. I'm not going through any kind of pain. We're good. Life is good. It's easy to walk 
you know, a straight line. It's easy to acknowledge him in those times, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll make your path straight.